you're just going to come out and say it. Come on, we're going to go. Wait, 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 wait. Let me introduce Air It Out Podcast, brought to you by Inside the Hashes, insidethehashes.com. All sorts of football content there, college football, pro football, fantasy football in particular. Chris came in here, for, uh, Christopher Thomas, Avery Collins, Tyler Brando, Kevin Crockett here with the Air It Out Podcast. Chris came in throwing flames at me because I turned down a trade. Chris, go ahead, tell everybody what the trade was. I don't really remember off the top of my head. Oh, it was of course, for one of your, it remember. was I felt like it was a fair trade for one of your running backs. It was a fair trade for one of my running backs. Yes. You think so? I think. I don't think it was. I got offered a trade this week for I have Mike Thomas. Okay? Okay. We all know the season Mike Thomas is having. Baldwin. That was a package of Ryan Fitzpatrick, <laughs> Jameson Crowder, and I don't even know who the third dude was, but but first response to that is probably like Come on, dog, for real? Okay? And I just saw in our league, again, insidethehashes.com, Jerome's team accepted that trade for Demarius Thomas, Mr. Walking Cover 2 coverage and missed a pass from Case Keenum this weekend against against the Chiefs. Case Keenum took a lot of heat for missing that throw at the end of that game, but yeah. you watched Demarius. He slowed down. He did. He, he didn't speed stopped. up. He, yeah, he, he was didn't speed like, up. He was in neutral. I'm not getting the ball, so that was bad. Anyways, I can't believe it. Chris, what I'm saying is take your bum trade somewhere else. Oh, okay. No, that's fine. I mean, I already beat you this year, so. Bruh. Yeah, everybody got I'm a bad I'm just going to throw this out there, okay? Jerome, if you hear this, when you hear this, accept a trade offer, okay? Andrew Luck, AP, Naeem Hines, and Josh Gordon for Keenan Allen and Zeke. That's You're one in three, guy. You're one in three. So are you. you. Need help. And? <laughs> just got your first win. You got an and? Over him. So clearly my team is better than his. Okay, Hold on, so wait, 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 wait. I'm happy you started shouting out records because going on a little bit in this podcast, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little panic or patience. See where some of these teams are sitting in the NFL right now. But before we start, we can sit here and roast each other for a half hour talking about our fantasy <laughs> football teams, which is very easy for me to do when I'm tied for first place. Uh, but a big week in the NFL coming up. We're already a quarter of the way through the season. Mm-hmm. One of the big stories is Le'Veon Bell saying that he's going to come back week seven by week with the Steelers. Maybe if the Steelers don't trade him, you got to think if the Steelers get to like one, four and one or sit with two wins and Baltimore or somebody or Cincinnati's already run away with that division a little bit that they got to be thinking you figure they'll get a conditional third. If he walks away as a free agent that you got to think somebody might come in and get desperate, try to sweeten that pot. So I think one way or another, Le'Veon Bell is playing week eight, just no matter who he's playing with. Mm-hmm. In a similar situation, a fellow who was trying to hold out, trying to take his time, God bless him, was Earl Thomas, who oh, man. came in, made an impact for Seattle, even though he was trying his best to keep himself out of the lineup, went in this week and uh, broke his leg and, as we know, gave a, a, a single-gun salute to his sidelines on the, on the way off the field against Arizona this week, so... I'm going to turn it to you guys real quick, and I'm just going to see how we feel about this whole Earl Thomas situation. What do you think? Obviously, uh, actually, I'll start. He, he's, he's under contract. He's, he's underpaid, but he's under contract. I'll just leave it right there before I finish my thought. I know Chris felt particularly heated about this situation. You never want to see a guy get hurt. You never want to see a guy get hurt. But, Chris, I'm going to turn it over to you see what you think about it. This really struck a chord with me because Earl Thomas has been one of my favorite players since coming into the league. And when I saw him get carted off and give that that single-gun salute to the Seattle sidelines, it really just resonated with me because everything that Le'Veon Bell was trying to avoid, it's now like in the light 
and what you saw with Earl Thomas, all the fans saying like, oh, he's not about the team. He's just about himself. You you have to honor a contract. And other than that, if you do that, you get paid. Now Earl Thomas is out for the season. And who knows? He's not going to get paid for Seattle. Earl Thomas, to me, has been one of a top top five safeties since coming in the league since 2010. And I would say, go even a stretch further, that he's been the best safety in football to be and only rivaled by Eric Berry. And I'm just really sick and tired of the these fans who always just are so quick to decide with, with owners and management and not paying these guys and not realize that these players, they're a brand too. They have a loyalty to themselves as well. And they and it just goes to show you that if you don't take care of yourself first, you're gonna get hang out the dry. And unfortunately for Earl Thomas, he's getting hung out the dry right now that he's out for the season. Do you think, though, uh, so he's got no ligament damage, fortunately for him. I mean, a break, he's out for the season. That, that, that's, that's no yeah. fun. Do you really think, okay, so he'll be a free agent next year. He's got his season accrued. Do you think that really affects how much money he's going to make next offseason? I mean, it shouldn't. It stinks. It's a recovery, but especially with no ligament damage, not that you want to get an injury that's going to end your season and you're going to have a setback and stuff like that, but just playing devil's advocate, I would say, like, Okay, not I mean, a bad deal. Yeah, but when you see like the NFL like playing nowadays, like doing essentially everything that they can to make sure that quarterback safety is first over everybody else, it's going to make teams really skeptical of how much money they want to pump out for a defense. You look at John Gruden. I mean, John Gruden. I mean, granted, he made an idiot mistake for trading Khalil Mack to begin with, <laughs> but when you see the skepticism of not him, them not paying Khalil Mack, um, they traded Marcus Peters because of possible contract issues as well. Same thing with Aaron Donald and a bunch of other defensive players. It's he's he's how old is he going to be? Like twenty nine, thirty when he hits free agency, mm-hmm. and that's going to be like a oh, thirty two year old defensive player, regardless how good he is. It's kind of a red flag there. Um, yeah, but uh, so, so a lot of this I'm playing devil's advocate because I, I'm uh, Team Earl Thomas here. Yeah, I think absolutely. we all are so Team Earl Thomas here. Um, but isn't that the case for every position other than quarterback? Isn't every position looked at as 30 is the other side of your career? Yeah, but when my opinion, like if I'm in desperate need, because Earl Thomas to me revolutionized the safety position for the current eras because when you look at defenses, specifically in the secondary play, you need good safeties, and Earl Thomas – is the blueprint of what you want your safety to be. Good in coverage, good in run coverage, ability to play ball hawk and tackle. When I still look at Earl Thomas on the field 100%, he's still to me the best safety in football. So if I'm a general manager and I need that safety help back, because a lot of teams need safety help, I mean, more in particular like Atlanta Falcons who keep getting decimated by injuries, um, Tenny, the Tennessee Titans, and a bunch of other teams, it, it to me is a no-brainer that Earl Thomas should get paid, but we'll have to wait and see because – they're just going to see injury. He was a locker room issue because he didn't want to play for a contract. Those are just code words to probably like, like not blackball, but like, like red line a player. So I couldn't agree more, man. Um, I feel I feel for Earl because it's it, it's tough because you know he like I said he he's he's been wanting to get a new contract done. He's been wanting to get paid for for his services, for what he's done, for his production the last, you know, couple of years. I mean, like Chris said, he's been he's been the best safety and best free safety in football. So for me, I always kind of side with the players just, you know, you know, from a standpoint of a player, it's just like, you know, you wanna you wanna you wanna get paid, you wanna get taken care of because at the end of the day, it's kinda like with any job. You are really a number in the system. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they, they'll be very quick to replace you, you know, if you're not available. And it and they don't really really care because they're like, well, we're going to continue to run this business. You know what I'm saying? So in the meantime, try to get try to get paid. And it, and it sucks that he, that he got hurt. As far as, like, you know, a team picking him up or, you know, paying him that top dollar, I think because of how hungry he is, he's still very, very hungry. More importantly, he's passionate about the game. He's passionate about he's he's letting teams know because of the way he 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 even approached the situation as far as holding out until the season started. Like it it, it shows teams like I'm dead serious about my money, but at the same time, I am for the team. I am for my brothers on the field, not really the organization. I don't really care about y'all because y'all don't really care about me. But when it comes to my brothers on the field, and that's where I think like you know Le'Veon's teammates have the issue with it's like wait what about us not not we understand the organizational battle that you have but what about us and so i think a team the right team would would definitely shout out shout out that money because to chris's point i mean he still is the best free safety in football i mean when you put the film on the, the guy he just it's like he hasn't lost a step he he goes out and he plays hard every single week he puts his body on the line and that's why he you know he wanted that money so you know, you got to feel for them. You, you do. And, again, still playing devil's advocate. Doesn't every mm-hmm. player feel like they should get paid more? Oh, absolutely. I mean, in reality, he's he's a top five paid safety. In the league. The, the, as far as money per year, mm-hmm. the highest paid right now is, I think it's, to your point, Eric Berry at $13 million. He's at ten. So, it's you know, he's not – I could certainly understand if he was on his rookie deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to get that next contract and stuff like that. But couldn't you make the argument that, I mean – at one point, and again, I'm Team Earl Thomas. We all are. But at yeah. what point do you just say like owners have to be owners, and it does have to be a business? And and when your time comes, your time comes. It just depends on organization, organization when that time is. Because Seattle has not done a very good job of allocating their money or making transactions in the last few years. Going back to you know everybody thought when they brought in Jimmy Graham and they got rid of Max Unger that was that was a big trade for them and mm. that. After that Super Bowl, pretty much they they've fallen off one piece at a time. Now, granted, injuries and different things have taken place, but yeah, uh, they've poorly spent their money. They they spent a lot of money on Russell Wilson. That was a big thing that a lot of the guys on the defense had a problem with. That all this money was getting allocated to the offensive side of the ball. But I, I mean, I get it. But at some point, this is a business, and if you are a top paid dude already and you want to get paid again, isn't it fair to say he's got to wait the year? Yeah, um, but. That's my thing. I think that's going to be the real reason why that I think in a few years it's going to be a lockout. And I think that one of the big discussions is is that it's not going to be about the the number per year. It's going to be about the guaranteed dollars. Yeah. And and it's, more importantly, I've been thinking for years that the cap right now is like between like what one seventy three, one seventy five. I think it should have we been gone up like around like around. That's why to me, I think it should have gone up to reach like two hundred twenty five mil. So those decisions don't have to be made. I think the fact that we really have to like be cutting costs and like one of these premier players like Earl Thomas, like we talked about, you know, getting guys like Andrew Luck, Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz coming back from injury, but these guys not having like like a team and like teams are not willing to pay them that amount of money, so they have to shortchange them. 
I think also ruins the league as well. Well, I'm going to yeah. make an I'm going to make an argument to his not to cut you off, everybody. I'm going to make an argument to your salary cap thing. I don't think it matters how high the salary cap is because ultimately somebody is going to push you to the. It doesn't matter how high it is because ultimately somebody's going to exceed whatever those numbers. Are. Ultimately, everybody gets overpaid, and ultimately you're up against the cap either way. Avery, yeah. go ahead. No, I was just going to say, yeah, I, I agree. And it, the, the 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 sad part about it is, is like 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 Chris to Chris's point, you're paying these quarterbacks like this. They're really, I mean, if we if we look at the grand scheme, they're not really risking their bodies the way these defenders and other skill position players are. But they're getting the guaranteed exactly. money. They're the ones that are getting these huge contracts. And we're like, as a as a as a skill position player, I'll be like, wait, he stands in the pocket and gets protected by five people. I'm out here running around. And the around. rule changes as well. You know what I mean, the rule changes. I can't I can't land on top of a quarterback now. Every time a premier quarterback gets hurt. Then they want to change. Then they want to change the rule. But what happens when a premier safety like Earl Thomas gets hurt? No rule changes happen. It's just like, oh, that's you know, that's the nature of the okay. game, and that gets on my nerves because it's like now you have situations where Le'Veon is like, and here's the thing: the NFL is better when the star players play, right? And now you have a situation where one of the star r- premier running backs, arguably the best running back in football, is saying, "I'm not playing because of that situation right there." And again, that's I get sick. it. I'm hearing you, and I'm playing devil's advocate. And I, and I'm <laughs> no, with no, you. We I'm get with it. you. We get it. I'm yeah, with yeah. you, but. Look at what happened last year. One of the conversations we were having all offseason repeatedly was that we want those star players being out there. And I love Earl Thomas. I love his game. I think every team in the NFL will want it. But are you on Sunday going to be going, man, I miss, I miss Earl Thomas? No, but if right, but, but the vast majority <laughs> yes. of fans, if you if you yeah, ask if you ask Seattle yeah. Seahawks fans, if, if Russell Wilson is out or Earl Thomas is out, who are they saying? Who would they pick? If you I'm had so, to pick, one. obviously they're going to pick Russell. You're saying you want you're, you're saying they would pick Russell to be uh, I'm saying to be on the field to be right, on the field. Would, that's okay, what I okay. meant. Yeah, they will want Russell on the field. So yes, to your point, it is all very frustrating. So to both your points, yes, I hear what you're saying about trying to protect different players on the field, and I get that. But the prized possession right now in the NFL is the quarterbacks. We mm-hmm. saw it last year. We felt it last year. There's a reason why everybody other than Chicago Bears fans were so excited when Aaron Rodgers came back that first that first night of the season <laughs> because you wanted to you wanted to see it. You want to see Aaron Rodgers out there. That's what Aaron Rodgers can do. To your point about the salary cap, I find what the NBA has done in the last few years to be very interesting. One, obviously, because of the guaranteed money. Obviously, I think we mm-hmm. all could agree that in the next collective bargaining agreement, guaranteed money is something that certainly should be negotiated. For sure. Yes. I would be interested to see if there was a conversation between owners and players where you get rid of the franchise tag, but you give the same thing that the NBA has, which is that fifth-year option with your team. So your team Mm -hmm. can max you out with a bigger deal in, say, five years or four years versus you going to free agency. So in a situation like Earl Thomas's or Le'Veon Bell's, they could say, okay, and again, guaranteed money, I think, has a lot to do with it. I think the reason Le'Veon Bell exactly. isn't on the field exactly. is the guaranteed money. Mm-hmm. He got offered 14 or $15 million Yeah, because he had no problem coming back to Pittsburgh. It's just the money. Yeah. Right. I think they had only offered him $10 million guaranteed yeah. for, for his contract. 70 so, mil. Right. Yeah. So, so, okay, there you go. So we try to meet in the middle on guaranteed money. But the, the franchise tag is obviously something that's slowed up Le'Veon Bell in this process. Mm-hmm. Obviously, has gotten him in an argument with his teammates. To your point about Earl Thomas, same Kirk drill. Cousins. Like teammates are probably right. Exactly, teammates are probably kind of like you want to be there for your dudes, but your dudes are like, you know, mm-hmm. they get it, but the, but there can be frustration there. So yeah. maybe the NFL, when we get to that point, goes to the NBA model and thinks, okay, well maybe we could do this fifth year option. That being said, it's good to see Bobby Wagner coming out for uh, Earl Thomas. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah that was great. And I'm sure. Look, the the one thing they talk about 
in especially well, I guess in anything in life is don't talk about another dude's money. Yeah, like his money is his money. So mm-hmm. the one thing that happened in Pittsburgh was all these linemen were like, <laughs> yeah, he's not here. Get out you, my pocket. What? Yeah. So uh, and I'm sure if Le'Veon comes, to, if today they closed the deal that brought Le'Veon back to Pittsburgh, or he just agreed to play out the franchise tag, those dudes welcome him with arms wide open. These guys, these especially guys, especially now after what happened to Earl, because they're look. I'm telling you, he I'm. The case is just being made more so yeah. for Le'Veon. Yeah. So they, they, I mean, because if he comes back to the locker room, he's just gonna sit there and look. I told you so. This yeah. is exactly why I didn't show up. That and Pittsburgh's in a Especially lot of trouble because, anyway. Right. Again, like I said, the fact that he plays a position where every time he touches the ball, he's going to get hit. He's going to take contact, and these guys are are huge. We're talking about D tackles, D ends, linebackers, safeties, like Earl Thomas's, and like I mean, like these these guys. Are physical specimens like so? You know what I mean. Like these quarterbacks again. I'm getting protected by five, three hundred pound linemen. Maybe to talk stand. to talk, give Eli a call. See how he feels about that statement. I'm call just, Eli. Call yeah, Andrew yeah, Luck. Yeah, yeah, call yeah, Deshaun yeah. Watson up right now and be like, yeah. I can even call Carson. Wentz. Also true, but here's call the Carson thing. Wentz also here, here's the thing though. They don't have to take the hits that Le'Veon's going to take because of the rule changes. So they're still protected in that. So I'm not only am I protected by five offensive linemen, I'm effect, I'm I'm protected by the rule changes of the NFL. You can't hit me below my knees, you can't touch my head, and you can't land on me. Okay, I've got protection. Okay, okay, all right. Wait, 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 wait. That's a lot to register. But what I'm also gonna say, because I'm in devil's advocate mode here, so what I'm also gonna say is, though, he is protected by five offensive linemen. Sometimes seven people in front of him. If they go two tight end, hell, they can put three tight ends on the field. Try to shift into it, a fullback. And he gets to go downhill, too. And he gets to meet you in that hole if he wants to. So he gets to run full steam. If I'm a quarterback and Von Miller comes off the edge and beats my left tackle mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there in position to make a throw and Von Miller's coming up and hit me from behind. Just throw it with I your left hand like Patrick rather, Mahomes. I would, well, yeah, well, we're not all Patrick <laughs> Mahomes. I would much rather be Le'Veon Bell running downhill and having to see you in a hole than have to be a stationary quarterback and get rocked. From somebody that's coming in on a blitz. Wouldn't you agree? Le'Veon Bell gets the opportunity to go downhill. Quarterbacks typically don't. I agree 110%, but the look at the the rate of injury, right? Like, if I'm getting hit like that, like, I'm just, all right, I just got hit. But if I'm going downhill, I'm, I'm more likely to get injured. I'm more likely to throw a shoulder out of place. I'm more likely to injure my neck or whatever because of the fact that we are going like one lower like, mo- like one lower both hit both of my momentum did, is hitting did, as opposed to I'm stationary and I'm just taking their momentum did Deshaun Watson finish out the season last year he did not did Aaron Rodgers finish out the season last year he did not did Carson Wentz finish out the season last year he did not okay that's one third of the quarterbacks in the NFL or well one tenth of the quarterbacks in the NFL and three of the biggest quarterbacks in the NFL so did I'm David just Johnson saying, finish the season last year I'm just year? saying I, I'm See, I'm my, just saying. Right. But those – all right, so you got two ACL injuries. But, again, David Johnson, that, David Johnson, if you took him first in your draft, you knew that David Johnson was gone. Otherwise, the, the Arizona one, Cardinals didn't mean anything to you. The only one I can but agree with Aaron, is Aaron Rodgers. Stop, 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 stop. But if Aaron Rodgers <laughs> is the quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals and Aaron Rodgers gets knocked out, all of a sudden you care about the Arizona Cardinals. If David Johnson's running the football in Green Bay last year and Aaron Rodgers is in the quarterback in Green Bay, you go, oh, that sucks for the Packers. It's, but, but you you don't care if Aaron Rodgers is gone, if Carson Wentz is gone, if Deshaun Watson's gone. Why are these guys getting paid standing behind these? Dudes? You got to be kidding me. Nah, I mean I get it. Don't get me wrong, I get it because the way, the way the league is. But it's annoying. All right, we That's brought up Chris made a point earlier about the Pittsburgh Steelers got a lot more things to worry about other than Le'Veon Bell right now. Although he is a big thing to worry about because they currently sit at one, two, and one. 
And there are a lot of teams right now, and should I say a lot of fan bases right now, that are thinking about pushing that panic button. That includes the Super Bowl champions. That includes the Super Bowl matchup. You might look at both of those teams and think, is it time to push the panic button, or do we need to take from Aaron Rodgers' playbook and R-E-L-A-X, relax. So I'm going to talk to you guys about some teams that we, I know I myself was optimistic about going into this season, and I'm going to ask you guys for your quick opinion on them. Mm -hmm. If we need to hit the panic button, or if we need to have some patience. All right, we're going to start in the AFC, and I'm going to start with the AFC champions. Got a nice win this week against Miami, but a 2-2 two and two start. Certainly have looked incredibly vulnerable at, time, at times. I've had to dealt with injury early on the season. I'm going to ask you about the New England Patriots. Panic or patience? Patience. Patience. Elaborate, Avery. Um, so they've got Julian Edelman's coming back. Um, so I think that frees up Gronkowski and Josh Gordon. Um, I don't think there's – and even Chris Hogan, I don't think there's too many times you can really double any one of those guys. Um, so I think that opens up the offense. Bill Belichick's defenses usually start off slow. Um, and then, you know, midway through the season, they kind of – they don't ever – they're not ever elite, but they just they, – they get to a, a position where they can, they can win games and they, they, they don't break too much. So I, I feel like – the fact that you have to, Tom Brady, you, you know, got to have patience. Yeah, the smart money never get bets against Brady and Belichick um, unless you're just absolutely just can't stand the Patriots. They still have five divisional games, so just on that alone, I think they'll go on that. They'll be seven and two, and I think it's just for them they're they're going to win their division easily. I don't think Miami's going to sustain um, what they're trying, what they've been doing at the early part of their season, and. Yeah, they're just going to be fine. Especially because they just lost their center for the season. Like, Miami keeps getting decimated on the offensive line. That's that's huge. So, um, Didn't you want to see Miami just give them, like, a little yeah, bit more? Oh, yeah, we like, did. Give it, like, like <laughs> get, sure. get blown You can lose. But it wasn't gonna, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think it was going to happen at Fox, bro. Yeah. In Miami, maybe. Yeah, and to your point, uh, I, I think New England has – I shouldn't say historically because they've also gotten off to f fast starts as well. But that division, just nobody's – Who's putting pressure yeah, on you at no, this yeah, point? Exactly. New England will get their tread underneath of them. They're rookie you running. Said, wait, you said you said uh, you don't want to bet against Brady. Are you sure you don't want to bet against Patrick Chung or who else? <laughs> do you want to bet against Claiborne? Oh, no, you don't want to bet go. against Brady because he's the quarterback and he's uh, the most valuable piece okay. on the oh, field. I got you. Okay, Is cool. he? Oh, They're 15 and 6 without him. Their rookie running back missed uh, training camp too, so he should be getting better too. Uh, Sonny Michelle, Sonny Michelle, yeah, yeah, he had 100 yards last week. Here's my thing though: he they're 15 and six without him. So is it Brady or is it a combination of Brady, Belichick, quarterbacks, Belichick? I mean, I'm just 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 ask. Chris just said just he's ask. not betting against Brady. Just ask. I said I'm, Brady I'm, and Belichick. I'm, he did say Brady and Belichick. He meant Brady. He knows. What he meant. <laughs> All right, so I think it's a combination. We brought up Pittsburgh. Uh, oof. what? Well, here's the thing. Okay, all right, I'll let you guys talk. So Pittsburgh, panic or patience? Chris, go ahead. I'll let you start. You got to panic because the AFC North is a lot better than what I thought it was going to be this year, and I would have never literally thought that. Watch out for those Bengals. Yeah, I would have never thought that Pittsburgh at the first quarter of the season would literally probably be the worst team in their division because Cleveland has been showing fight in all of their games, and I think they got robbed in Oakland this past Sunday. Facts. And Baltimore, they came into Heinz Field and absolutely destroyed them. Joe Flacco looking like Super Bowl winner Joe Flacco instead of what he's been looking like the past five years after that. And Cincinnati's just keep rolling. Um, they had a really good win in Atlanta last minute. A.J. Green, 
up. Sorry, Avery. But yeah, but <laughs> no, nah, 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 I agree. I just don't know if I would say really good win. I don't. Yeah, uh, l- listen. Any win to me is a good win in the NFL on the road. The on the NFL road, especially, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think they definitely need Le'Veon Bell back because Le'Veon Bell not only helps that offense, but also helps keeps that defense off the field as well. They got less than about fifty to seventy-five yards in the second half entirely in that second half against um, Baltimore. He and James Conner after Week One, he's had ninety-seven yards in three games. They definitely need Le'Veon Bell back. Panic! 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 <laughs> Because, well, you know, and this is the reason I picked Baltimore's defense in, 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 in the fantasy draft, just because they, I mean, even last year, they led the league in turnovers. I knew that coming into this year, they were going to be a top five defense. Um, so I, I, wasn't, I wasn't sure about the offense, but I just felt like, you know, defense can really, really, you know, change, change the course of a, a season. Um, as far as Cincinnati, wasn't too high on them. Again, Crockett give you credit because you felt like, you know, they could go from worst to first. So, shout out to you for that. Um, but the lack of leaving, like the lack of rushing, like they've averaged, I think, less than 50 yards. Since, the, since week one, they've averaged fi- less than 50 yards in their rushing game. That's not going to win you football games. That is – you need Le'Veon back. So, panic. Well, especially I would, in that division. Oh, don't worry. They have Ben Roethlisberger, so you know, we all know argue, how quarterbacks matter more than anything else. I would argue, well, they've still been able to put up points. It's that defense that has looked. And you know what, man? You, uh, Ryan Shazier, I mean, you talk about a guy yeah. who, who dealt with an unfortunate injury. Uh, you saw the mm-hmm. effect yeah. of what kind of player he was in the middle of that defense. And it seems like forever. It, it seems like forever. They've just kind of been getting by with a secondary that's been like, okay. And now it's like they've finally gotten exposed. It looks like Joe Hayden's lost his step. Obviously, you lose a guy like Ryan Shazier. I, I don't know exactly what their record is ever since Ryan Shazier got hurt. But obviously, after a one-two and one start, he got hurt at the end of last season. Uh, it hasn't been very good. Yeah. So that defense, that offense can score. I mean, but are you playing? You know, are you playing enough teams? We mentioned the division. The AFC North is nothing to mess around with. You already yeah. have a tie and a loss in your division, and still have to play Cincinnati twice. So, the Le'Veon Bell factor to me is whether you are panicked or you are patient, because I think the next couple of weeks are going to dictate that. He says he's coming back for that week seven bye, but if Pittsburgh's sitting at one four and one going into week seven. Aren't you just thinking, hey, I'm going to get a conditional third anyway. I-, I might as well just try to get rid of this guy and focus on the future and look at other things. So uh, I'm going to say panic. I'm going to lean a little more towards panic. Yeah. Uh, Houston, one in three. Panic or patience? I'm actually going to say patience. I think Houston has enough talent to go on a run for the playoffs because Deshaun Watson got hurt last year and like when you saw him like for the first two weeks of the season you really saw that his legs his the the throws like stepping up he really hasn't gotten that back I saw in the end of the Giants game one which they end up losing I'm like okay I've seen old flashes of Sean Watson in this past Sunday and I think that's going to be a really good good duel going into the future with um, Andrew Luck versus Deshaun Watson on Sundays we I think Deshaun Watson's finally back and I think Houston has the talent J.J. Watt is J.J. Watt's only coming back uh, Jadavion Clowney is now commanding double teams, in which J.J. Watt used to. You got Mercedes Whitley. Um, you got Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger. They have a lot of weapons um, at really at skill positions. If they're able to make like a six game win streak to challenge probably like Tennessee and like Jacksonville for that division, it's got to be Houston. 
Yeah, um, I'm going to say patience as well um, for, for the same reasons. I mean, I, I still feel like Jacksonville is the strongest. Um, Tennessee is actually, you know, um, putting putting together pre- pretty pretty solid football right now. But um, to Chris's point, I feel like uh, I feel like if Houston can kind of get on a roll, um, they have enough pieces to 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 um, you know squeeze into the playoffs. So you know, I'll, I'll say patience. Kiki, do you love me? Eleven catches last week. Rookie coming out of nowhere for the Texans. So is he somebody that can spark that offense? Lamar Miller, just the just every fantasy football player is like. All right, Lamar. Like I'm, I'm rolling with you this year, dog. I get, look, I'm getting pointed at. He's on my roster. I know because it's like he played well when Deshaun Watson was in the lineup last year, and then all of a sudden you, you, you get to a game and it's, it, it's a high scoring game and it's a Texans game. You're like, he had to have done something for somebody somewhere. And Forty-seven he's got, yards and like uh, two catches, but the two catches are for four. You're just like, ah. So, uh, in a division with two teams that are already three and one. Mm-hmm. If if they can get some divisional wins, that that yeah. would, and credit to Frank Reich because yeah. that is a young Indianapolis Colts team. He's mm-hmm. a first first year head coach, first time head coach. Mm-hmm. I, I know where the position where the ball was on the field, and I think your instincts tell you if you're just mm-hmm. analytically looking at it, you don't go for that. But he was like, you know what? Let's go. We're not playing for a tie. Let's go for a win. So shout out to him. But that obviously worked in the Texans' favor. They get a, a long Deshaun Watson run, even short Deshaun Watson run, get themselves in field goal range and put one through and get their first win in the season. Worked yeah. in Mike Rabel's favor as well. Yeah, yes, it did. Absolutely it did. So did uh, Corey Graham, just you know, forgetting where the sticks were. All right, L.A. Chargers, a team that we all thought could have been Super Bowl contenders. I certainly picked them to go to the Super Bowl. L.A. being the team that sits at 2-2 two and two right now in a division where Kansas City – yeah. undefeated at the <laughs> moment. Uh, so I'll go ahead and say there's a couple other teams sitting there in the middle there. Denver sitting at two and two, but Chargers, I think a lot of team, a, a team, a lot of people were hanging on their coattails there. So I'll say Chargers. Panic or patience? Patience. I think they, you know, they're just, you know, they just got to find their stride. Um, you know, some new pieces, different things like that. So I, I'm just going to say patience. Simple as that. I'm going to say patience as well. Phillip Rivers is a quarterback that's been in the league for a long time. He gets it. He understands the situation. He understands like where he's at, at with the rest of his team. So I think, you know, give it a few more weeks, and I think they're still going to be in that AFC West race. Let's take a look at the NFC here. Uh, we'll start with a team we talked about quite a bit today, Seattle sitting at 2-2. Two and two. That team that seems to still be on the front of people's minds because of what they've been able to do for the last decade or so in terms of their success. Sitting at 2-2, two and two, Rams at 4-0 in that division. Uh, Chris, I'll start with you. Panic or patience? Panic. Earl Thomas just – Earl Thomas' injury just solidified it for me. Um, yeah, they have no offensive line. Well, they haven't had an offensive line in years. But Russell can only do with so much. They still don't have a running game or a reliable running back. And the NFC is just way too top-heavy for them to make it down. And they played the Rams this weekend. And I'm, it's going to be a really long day for Russell Wilson. I'm going to say I was going to say patience uh, had Earl Thomas been there only because I believe um, somebody can look it up and, and check for me. But I believe Seattle actually leads the league in um, in, in turnovers um, or, or interceptions. One of those things. But now that Earl's out. Yeah, I'm going to say panic. Your Atlanta Falcons one in three. Panic. <laughs> panic. Panic. 
Even, even with close losses, though, because I think the difference. Yes. But I get it. You want to win those games. Good teams win those games. They close the deal out. They win those. It's games. not even that. So offensively, I have no issues. Right, I have no issues with our offense recently. Defensively, we are decimated. We lost both yeah. our for the season. We lost our linebacker until probably November, December. We uh, I just just got word that Grady Jarrett might miss a couple of weeks. This team is like on the defensive end. There is, no, I mean, there's no reason that we should give, be giving up 42 and 37 to you know, like that's just. Well, how oh much? How much of it does it change your mind that first of all, their red zone offense has been incredibly efficient the last couple yeah. of weeks, which has mm-hmm. been their Achilles heel for a long time. Yeah. You're supposed to be getting Devonta Freeman back, who mm-hmm. obviously running game chews up the clock. Uh, does that help anything at all? I think it. I think it helps, but at the same time, it's like, it, it for me. I, I, I so I think it helps in in the fact that because if we if we're able to start running the ball late in games and getting those first downs, uh, you know, uh, giving our defense time to rest, that will help. But at the same time, we have there was there's a chemistry factor that you that we got to take into play um, as far as defense. I mean, like I said, you lost the captain of your defense in the secondary and Enrico. So he was the quarterback, and then you lost the the emotional factor in in um, in Keanu. He was the tone setter. Everybody knows that that he was the tone setter. And I'm not even just talking about in the secondary. I'm talking about on the defense. Period. And then you got the the leader of the defense and Deion Jones, who was out. It's those like it's literally that that triangle right there. That is, that's huge. And you get those guys taken out. Um, so I think a chem- from a chemistry standpoint, it's uh it's it's really it's really really tough. So, so yeah, I, I, I'm I'm in panic mode because I just don't. I mean, we're we're out shopping for players and different things like that, but I don't know how you replace that production and that chemistry. No, I think Avery said everything that I would potentially say. The the only thing I'm going to say is, can Julio Jones get a touchdown pass? For God's sakes, for m- fantasy purposes, he leads <laughs> the league in reception yards. So. Oh, here we go. Uh, I'm, here I'm we going down a Julio train here. Uh, no, 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 no. I, 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 I should have never right, opened up that not, here's Listen, listen, listen. We're not going to go down, but we have a, 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 a friend, a counterpart, who believes that touchdowns are kind of like the sole thing. So my thing is like this. All right, if that's the case, then Cal- so you're saying Calvin Ridley's better than Julio, Calvin Ridley's better than Antonio because he leads the league in touchdown reception. So that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that, you know, Julio doesn't need to score because he definitely does. But, you know, just saying. Odell doesn't even have any. All right, we done. We we done. We're moving past the. Finals. I think we can move on. Uh, you know, I think if Atlanta's in any other division other than the NFC South, I think if you put them in the East, I think if you put them, oh, the North is pretty competitive at this point, and if you put them in the West, and they're playing those teams in those divisions, I, I, I'm a little more patient. But man, Drew Brees looks like he's 30 years old and shining. Cam Newton has that Carolina offense coming off of a bye this week too working pretty efficiently so it, it could be tough just to catch up in that division a little mm. bit uh, i mentioned the north so I, i'm going to give you two teams at one time here and i want to know what you guys think i'm going to give you the one two and one minnesota vikings and i'm going to give you the two one and one green bay packers and for each of those teams i'm going to look for panic or patience panic in minnesota patience in green bay um same see i i think minnesota I'm I'm not ready to bet. They've gotten exposed in the last couple of games. This weekend against – well, Philly's another team that we could talk about, panic or patience, because this weekend against Philly, they go into Philadelphia against a team that's played well at home 
in Philly, but obviously certainly hasn't looked like Super Bowl champions just yet this year. So I'll actually take a prediction of that game because I think we can both agree there's a little bit of panic for both those teams. Not so much patience, but a little bit of panic for Minnesota and Philly. So, Chris, I'll go ahead and start with you. Uh, panic or patience for Philly and Minnesota, and who takes that game this weekend? Um, panic for Minnesota, I think patience for Philadelphia. Philadelphia has won, I believe, 11 out of their 12 last home games. So I think it favors more for Philadelphia. And Philadelphia is still trying to – get their feet wet with because they've been decimated with injury as well. Carson Wentz, this will be his third game back. Um, they've had a lot of injuries to their running back core. J.H.I. is playing with a broken bone in his back. Corey Komet also missed last game as well. Darren Sproles still hasn't gotten back. Alshon just got back. There's a, And Jason Peters has just been in and out of the lineup as well. I think when, like, late October, early November, I think Philadelphia will start on the roll. But I, I'm going to say I'm going to say I'm probably going to, like, like ease up on the Minnesota bandwagon because I was on there. I was like, you know what, Kirk Cousins is a marginal upgrade over Case Keenum, but they have the defense, they have the talent. But after looking at them, I'm just like, this is this is the same Kirk Cousins I see in Washington, just eighty forty eighty four million dollars richer. I'm going to say say the same. A um, little bit more panic um, in Minnesota than than Philly, so I would say you know more patience with Philly for the same reasons. You know, Carson is um, still getting his legs underneath of him. Um, you know, the fact that, you know, J.H.I. is kind of out um, or, or is, is injured. Um, and I feel like, I feel like you know, them at home bodes well for them, especially, you know, they beat them last year in the playoffs. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I think Philly, you know, definitely comes out with the win. Um, so I would say more patience there. Minnesota, like, you know, they got to deal with Green Bay and the Bears. That Bears defense is playing really well right and now. I was going to so, get to that. Um, um, the, you got to think of the divisions yeah. as well. Um, Chicago has been a really – Really good upstart, and that defense is legit. Mitch Trubisky is looking better every single week. Green Bay, they still have the Aaron Rodgers factor, and they're still winning games that they need. They're still winning the games that they need to. They beat Buff. They blew out Buffalo in an ugly fashion, where they got blown out by Buffalo. Yeah. So yeah. NFC is just so competitive right now. And to your guys' point, the Bears in the North, Packers in the North. You got to be a little bit worried about the Vikings, but losing Rodney McLeod. I mean, we're talking about safety yeah. getting injured. The Eagles certainly felt that effect last week in Tennessee. So, lots to get figured out. I feel like for the most part, there's not, there shouldn't be a whole lot of panic. We're one quarter of the way through the season, so a lot of things can change. A lot of things can happen. A lot of balls can bounce in teams' favor. But uh, for us, balls always bouncing in our favor. You know. Yeah. We got it going on. You know. You're, you know. It's the Airdale Podcast brought to you by Inside the Hashes. InsideTheHashes.com for all your college football needs, pro football needs, high school football needs. We're going to start talking peewee stuff football coming up soon, so keep your eyes out for that. For Avery Collins, Christopher Thomas, Tyler Brando, I'm Kevin Crockett. Peace.